0: Y'all. Welcome to South of Scruffy Podcast. I am Ben Fields. This is my podcast. Thanks for playing. What a week, man. What a week. First off, I've got uh, Ryan Levinson on the show today. Uh, Ryan Levinson is a real estate investor. He's a real estate broker. Uh, his family brought the Remax franchise to town. He comes from a long line of real estate people. And I thought we'd talk to Ryan because the housing market is absolutely nuts. And that's not specific to any particular place. It is nuts everywhere. But I thought we'd talk to Ryan about this specific market, Knoxville, Tennessee, the one that he works in and invests in and just kind of get a feel of what was going on all over the place using our little corner of the world as a little microcosm. It was a fantastic conversation. That's coming up in just a second. Uh, you guys, you guys liked the, the Scott West thing. I think, uh, last week's show with, with Scott West, uh, I got a lot of feedback on that one, man. And, uh, it seems like, uh, that was a story that, that needed to be told in this kind of platform. I think it worked out. Uh, I, I certainly enjoyed it and, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know Scott and, and getting to hang out with him a little bit, uh, last week. And then, you know, after the podcast a little bit, so. Uh that was exciting. So thank you guys for uh for all the all the good feedback on that. Uh this one I think you're going to enjoy just as much. I'm very happy to uh talk to my friend Ryan Levinson and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's the brilliant man, Ryan Levinson.
1: We're doing the popcast.
0: I don't know, I realize what a what a freaking pro you are, man. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know about that. Use, I'll take it.
0: Using using uh using terms like metrics and uh <laughs> 100
1: dollar words. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Dude, I I wanted to talk to you because um what the hell is going on with the housing market? It's out of control. It's nuts everywhere it seems like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um you know, it's uh it's a really good time to sell your house.
0: Yep. But you got to buy in the same market, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. And that is the, uh, you know, that that's where a lot of people in Knoxville right now, because what's happening is so many people are moving here that the like inter, inter-county, inter-Knoxville moving has kind of slowed down because mm-hmm. it's taken the ability of people who... You know, need to sell their house to buy another house. They can't do that because they don't have anywhere to go. And right. so many people call me and and ask. You know, is now the time to sell? And it's like, yes, but are you looking to like go into temporary housing
0: right. for a while, yeah. or, or do you have another house to live in? Or do you? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, it, this would be a good time to move into your parents' house. Yeah. you know, and get inherit your parents' house. Um, so yes, the market is just really out of control, and it's. Uh, it's a product of a couple things. Um, one of which is just a ton of people moving here. You know that I think Knoxville was ranked number fourteen by United Van Lines as far as uh, immigration patterns, hmm. which is huge. I mean, there's a lot of s- cities and states out there, and uh, Knoxville ranks in the top twenty-five, which is pretty strong.
0: Is is that how you find out how many people uh, how many people are moving somewhere? You 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 look at how many. Uh... One way yeah. U-Haul rentals, yeah, is it's
1: that... U haul and United Van Lines puts out this kind of this kind of information about one way um, trips into uh, one way moves to Knoxville. That's
0: probably a great. It's a, a great one. Great, yeah. Great way to know. It
1: really is. Yeah. Um, so it's a product of of tons of people moving here, and then you know no inventory, and this inventory crisis was caused in part. For one, a ton of people moving here and not a lot of people moving out of here. Mm-hmm. But the other one was during the recession, you know, 08, uh, 09, 2010, there was not really any new inventory, you know, hitting the market. Builders were not building. Mm-hmm. I remember. So when you have this, you know, glutton of of houses that need to be built, but the, the demand the demand wasn't there at the time. So it's kind of like backlog demand. Sure. Um when you have Makes stuff sense. like that, uh, you know, we're still catching up on our inventory that is all the way from the recession, really. Um, you know, and builders weren't building and our market really requires inventory, new inventory to be put into this market. Mm. So you know, it's a combination of a lot of things, but those two factors, uh, play a huge part in why the market is where it is. So
0: there's too many people moving here for the amount of new houses that we're able to build. Yep. What's the choke point? Like how come we're not how come we're not building more houses? Not enough builders to do it? Not, is it not enough supply, not enough land? What is
1: it? I think all that um the uh you know builders are going as fast as they can, but I mean you can only build a house in let's just say average six to six to nine months. Mm-hmm Um, so you can only start so many at a time. You can only develop land at a certain rate, um, because of the recession, you know, a ton of people are a little bit more cautious than going and buying huge tracts of land and trying to track build stuff. Uh, developers, you mean? Developers, uh, builders are a little bit, you know, right now everyone's blowing and going as fast as they can, but then you have these supply, supply chain issues that, um, we're all seeing from toilet paper to windows to (laughs) fill in the blank um so it's it's a combination of things but it's it's uh i think the only real solution is more new inventory Mm. Um, new builds new builds and there are there are uh there are counties that are trying to prevent that like Loudon County for example has a moratorium on planned unit developments right what's now
0: what's that what's a planned unit develop? a
1: pud a pud yeah. um i it's it's a higher density you know they determine what the density is um but what constitutes a pud is common area a managed hoa mm-hmm. uh, and higher more higher dense uh, uh builds so like per so like where it's I grew units up. per acre
0: Mariner's Point.
1: Mariner's Point is a pud, yeah. and that was, you know, that was probably in the days of seven or eight units per acre because those are like zero lot line. Yeah, you share. You don't. You share walls. Uh no. are they? Yeah, no, they're separated. Yeah,
0: they're separated by like ten or twelve feet. Yeah, by like a
1: cough's worth. Yeah, know, exactly. A but worth. you
0: can't walk through walking between the units. You can't. No, there's a wall in between them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you walk I, all the way around the end. Walk all the way. <laughs> Kept us out of trouble, man.
1: (laughs) God knows what would happen in between those, uh, in between those houses in high school. Yeah. Um, So,
0: so Loudoun County said we're not going to allow those to happen. Is that apartments too, I guess? Uh,
1: yeah, they don't condos there. This is a big, uh, it's a big to do. It's something that, why would they not want it? Um, you know, it is story that they don't want new families moving in there for educational reasons. Um, they want to keep their schools white? <laughs> they wanna they wanna keep their schools uh they don't they don't wanna to have to keep building more bigger schools. Ah, okay. Um I mean you look at places like uh like Harden Valley. Yeah. And Farragut, <laughs> for example.
0: Yeah, Harden Valley is like one of the biggest high schools around, right? That's and insane. it didn't even exist ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah, seven years I ago.
1: I mean, it was a, it was it was a pasture ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um and I think you look at a place, What I think what they, in their mind, what they're trying to prevent is a Hardin Valley type mm. situation where like the infrastructure can't keep up with the amount of houses that are being built. But Harden Valley is a great area. Yeah. You know, new schools. And I just think that they didn't quite see the demand that was going to happen there. And it just, fortunately for Harden Valley, there's just plenty of land mm-hmm. still out there. And it's in this perfect spot in between Oak Ridge and Knoxville it's like all scientists and you know it's perfect so it's a great it is really a great area it's not my jam Um, yeah it's
0: too far from here too far from the stuff I like to do but yeah you know we've got an office over there and uh have spent a lot of times you know (laughs) As much as I love driving down Chapman Highway and seeing the historic K's ice cream, <laughs> like it, it is, it is nice to drive through, you know, some stuff that uh, is is newish and looks nice, yeah. and you know, some it looks like. Uh, I don't know. It looks like prosperity. It looks, it's like, okay, we're growing. We're
1: growing. We can handle this. uh, There's another, there's another pizza place. This is perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, Do you think of uh, Salmonella every single time you drive by that Kay's ice cream shop?
0: No. Why should I?
1: Apparently that's why it was shut down. I think. Really? That like they had like a Salmonella outbreak or something. But every time I go there, I'm like, I like put my blinders on. I'm like, nah, no, this is not a good day to get Salmonella. But it's been like four things since then. Um, So it's
0: not a Kay's ice cream anymore. No, no it's it's like Bobby's. You remember <laughs> Rooster's was a K's ice cream? No. Yeah. I believe so. Oh, it was!
1: I remember going as a kid and yeah. getting hamburgers there. Yeah, yeah, I do actually. It, it was Shores. Was,
0: yeah, Shores Deli. Shores Deli. Gus, do you remember Gus? Absolutely. So he was temporarily at the corner of Ebenezer and North Shore too Kay. for a little bit when I was in elementary school. We right. stopped by Shores Deli, get a oh, sandwich man. on my, one of my
1: field trips, man. Oh, Shores Burger in high school—that was yeah. it. Was like the flat, flat iron, tons yeah. of grease. Yeah. Oh, now you've done it. I know. Thanks a lot. I'm okay. glad it's 1130 right near lunch and I hadn't had <laughs> breakfast. Thanks, Benny. You're going to have to get you a patty melt somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fried bologna sandwich down yeah. at the corner.
0: Well, it's uh, it's interesting to think that we wouldn't be able, that people just wouldn't come out of the woodwork and start building houses as fast as they can. I almost think about like the, the um, hailstorm we had in 2011 when you just all of a sudden had a, a bunch of mercenaries coming in here that fixed roofs and stuff storm chaser. storm chaser i can't believe that there's not people like that with with housing uh you know builders have to come in i guess it's i guess it's because it's probably a little harder than repairing a house to get licensed in an area and 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 probably find labor and all that kind of stuff too it's
1: it's happening i mean is it you know over the past 10 years maybe less than that you know, you've had national, inter, regional, and national home builders come here. I mean, Dr. Horton, uh, Ball Homes. You know, I don't know where DR's from. Ball Homes is from Kentucky. Um, so you you definitely have these production, large production home builders coming in and and taking it. advantage of this of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and they're you know Dr. for example, they're frothing at the mouth for lots it's not a matter of them really. Yeah. They're just having a hard time, you know, getting, they have a huge appetite for, for lots and land right now. They aren't in the development business per se. So they want people to buy the land, develop it and then sell it to them. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they can potentially build, you know, 300 houses a year, 200 houses a year, whatever the number is. Um, but the land's not there yet. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like a chicken or the egg. Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's kind of like at a standoff of okay, right. well if I develop it, and you know, are you gonna are you sure you're gonna buy all these right. from me? And it's a risk, you know, because I think everyone has in mind what happened during the recession.
0: I was gonna say everybody's still probably a little gun shy.
1: Everybody. You yeah. know, and, and I knew a lot of builders. I worked for a builder during the recession. Um, you know. A lot of people took large fortunes and made them small ones pretty quick when they're sitting on, you know, inventory that's not selling. So as a builder, you know, there's a, there's a big financial risk there. So, you know, you want to think, oh, let's just blow and go and build as much as we can as fast as we can. But, you know, it felt like the recession happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a long build up, but then when it happened, it like – dried up pretty quick and then everything kind of turned off real quick and to be honest with you with the pandemic we were scared to death that it was going to do that you know i mean like we to see a market shift happen in you know two months that's what i was expecting to happen too everybody was was.
0: uh i guess it was because recent memory served that that's what happens (laughs) when a crisis when a financial crisis happens right But i knew people that had stuff under contract and and you know people were breaking contracts and taking a bath on them just because they weren't sure what was going to happen and didn't know if it was, you know, I'd rather take the, the punishment of losing earnest money or whatever by right. backing out of a contract than I would, you know, buying a piece of property or house in uncertain times. And I remember right at the end or right at the beginning of March, man, it, it was, I, I remember thinking like, All these, like New York, is where it kind of first I first started to think about. I was like, man, they're not going to be able to put people in all those units there. Like, it is going to people are leaving like crazy. Uh, You know, there's going to be a a huge crisis with these, you know, landlords having empty buildings, and it's like to look two years later, we have exactly the opposite problem for some reason. Right.
1: Well, I think commercial is what really took the biggest you know, shot to the chin yeah. in that time of uncertainty because everyone went home. All these companies were trying really hard to make rent payments and you know, or, or get government subsidies to make rent payments. Um, you know, I, I know commercial, especially office, um, office and retail, they, they, they puckered up pretty good during that time. And
0: I'm sure, I mean, I, I would think that office probably would have been are the ones that are going to feel it the most. Like, you think retail is probably going to come back, but all these companies that are realizing, hey.
1: You can send these guys home exactly. and I don't have to pay for toilet paper. Yeah. And uh, I keep going back to toilet paper. That's <laughs> all
0: right. It's okay. <laughs> I know a guy who lived in uh, uh, lived in San Francisco, lived in Silicon Valley, working for Stripe, the, uh, yeah. the credit card yeah. processing company. And they offered him A 10% pay cut to move wherever he wanted in the world and work from
1: home for the rest of his life. And he took it and moved back home. I I mean, I totally would. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And to like a 10% pay cut in Silicon Valley, you move to someplace like good old Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And he's living like a king here.
0: He, He... isn't that what we want to do? Is make California money yeah. and, and pay right. Knoxville prices? Pay, pay <laughs> Knoxville,
1: take pay the uh, income tax here, yeah, and, uh, exactly, or lack thereof. And uh, that,
0: do you think that's part of it too? Yeah, people move in here because they can now work anywhere, and Tennessee doesn't have
1: a state income tax. I've run across some guys, um, a couple, actually a couple, couple business owners that want to relocate their business here before they were to sell out their business, mm. um, to avoid the income tax. Interesting. You know, so, so they want some... to move
0: the company here. So when they sell it, they don't have to pay income tax yeah.
1: to the state Yeah, on whatever their gains were. Yeah. Makes I mean, sense. uh, yeah, this, this one guy is like a, he's in marketing and. Has a very very lucrative company and it's kind of one that you can operate from anybody, anywhere mm-hmm. as long as you're near an airport. And uh, one of his big drivers was coming here, setting up permanent residence, so he could take the tax shelter. Hmm. You know, and places. I, I mean, I work with a lot of people from like Illinois and California, and you know, most of the people who I've worked with over the past year, like I said, not a lot of like of my clients, my friends we're not moving because right. we can't, we can't, it's hard for us to upgrade.
0: So you're getting people from moving in from out of town. And that's who your new clients are. Yeah,
1: totally. And, um, and most, most of the drivers. So there's clearly political drivers. Sure. Um, but a lot of people, you know, tax rate, whether it's property tax or income tax, that's a huge reason that they're moving here. I mean, like, at uh, Chicago, you know, Illinois, apparently the taxes there I don't know, but apparently they're astronomically high and they come here and feel like, you know, on, on like an MLS brief, it'll have like the address and all this stuff. And then it'll say, you know, city tax, county tax, total tax over, you know, on the corner. And like, oftentimes they're like, oh, 3000, 3000. Is that three? Is that monthly? And I'm like, no, that's three thousand a year. And they're like, what? Three thousand a year on you know six hundred thousand dollars? Is this? Are you sure this is right? And I'm like, yeah. So they're, they're used- like, oh, we're in. We're totally in. <laughs> but the fact that they would think that it's you know three thousand bucks a month because they're used to that. Yeah. You know, I I was um, talking
0: to my buddy a couple of days ago uh, about he's he's selling a piece of property in Middle Tennessee, south of Nashville, Laverne, I think it is, somewhere okay. like that. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a big price of family farm, and he's selling it, and and uh, a company from California wants to buy it, probably build houses on it, develop it, something like that. But uh, you know they're sitting here haggling over fifty thousand dollars, and it's you know it's in the millions of, of this of of what it's going to sell for. Mm-hmm. And so my buddy said that he he just got on he just got on uh, got online and looked at where their office was in California, and then looked at then got on zillow and started to look at like a three-bedroom house right around where right. their office is right he's like are you guys really shaking me down over fifty thousand dollars
1: when, <laughs> when what you're willing to pay me for this farm would barely buy you a house you know a block away from your office not to mention the 50 grand they probably have in like the center console of exactly. their car you exactly know, like quarters
0: yeah people that move that are moving here from california new york it's it's got to be such, it's got to be so nice for stuff to get cheaper for once. Stuff never gets cheaper. Never. This, yeah. the housing, houses aren't going to get any cheaper after no. this, are they? Has no. your house ever gone down in value? <laughs> <You> thank, <know? laughs> thank
1: God. Let I me mean, knock on wood. Uh, but it
0: just doesn't seem like it does. I mean, no. it seems like it's just like stuff never gets cheaper. No. I mean, you have commodities like gas and stuff like that go up and down. But like.
1: But I think this is, that's a good theme though, because I think this is what. Is the new normal when it comes to property values and cost of construction and all that stuff is, you know, wood and lumber and windows and all materials were fluctuating, but you know, it's like taxes. They're never going to come, you know, when they're 800 bucks a board foot and they go up to 1600, we'll never see 800 again. What is that
0: metric? I don't know what a board foot is. Like I've heard of stuff like, uh, like measured by
1: the square foot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and I hope that I don't get uh, too cr- far in the weeds. Too far here. Because <laughs> I don't, I, I, more or less, it's how they quantify uh, wood commodities. Okay. So, like, you how know, much I, wood it's going to actually
0: take to build the house.
1: Or, or, so that's, that's on a, that, no. So, you know, X amount per, per board foot is just the metric that they use for, uh valuing that commodity, what whatever it is. So it's like it's like cotton per bale. Yeah. Okay. Or what per pound or whatever gotcha. they sell cotton. Oil per barrel. Or you know, oil per barrel. It's okay. it's X amount port per board foot. Okay. Um, you know, and that went up that like doubled at the height of the pandemic. It came down, you know, half and yeah. now it's kind of gone up to three quarters. So, so you said
0: that number was eight hundred dollars a board foot to build a house. Then it went to like sixteen hundred, and now it's at twelve. Yeah, I and mean, working back towards sixteen hundred.
1: I mean, we may want to uh, check my check my uh, numbers on that. But yeah, that, so, in theory, yes. yeah, it went up twice. It went up, you know, double, and came down half, and now it's at three quarter. Well, what's it doing to home prices on average? Uh, it's, I mean, it has to drive them up, right. you know. And and also, what that causes is builders not wanting to put inventory into the market until it's done or close to done. Why so is that? Say say you know say right before this happened to us. Um, I work with a really good builder out of. Um, we built some houses in Alcoa this year, mm. and uh, we locked them in at the pre-pandemic. Whatever our cost was, say our cost was one hundred and fifty thousand bucks to build a house, two hundred thousand bucks to build a house. Okay. Well, all of a sudden our cost went to two hundred and seventy dollar, two hundred and seventy thousand to build the house because of the increase in lumber and everything else. But these people were locked in at the rate that we thought was a good, you know, profit mm. for us. So pretty much it just like sucks the builder's profit, yeah, out of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so like builders are pretty. They either they either don't put the house on the market, or they put something in their contract that says if we get a X percent increase in materials, then we pass that along to the homeowner. Sure. And a lot of homeowners don't like that. Don't like that. I I, w- you know? I
0: would be nervous. It's like a variable interest rate, or right? Something. <laughs> it really <laughs> is.
1: It's like an adjustable rate. Like yeah. all of a sudden, you know, uh, and and it's of no control. You know, it's it it stinks for the buyer, mm-hmm. but it also stinks for the builder. Yeah. You know, I mean the builder, you know, the builder hasn't caused those prices to go up. Um, so I mean I'd see both sides of the equation. Sure. But as a buyer, I it would it would make me pretty nervous to it do it. It would that. me too. You know? So what
0: about uh what about so because houses are so much more expensive to build, that means that ones that already exist, the value of those Goes up, right? Yeah. Uh, across the board. Across the board. So, what are you, what have you seen in the last two years? Cause I, I think I bought this house three years ago and I was, I was, it was kind of like, oh man, the housing market's crazy right now. You know, this is, I can't believe I'm paying this much for, for, you know, this house. And, and then that looks like nothing, nothing. compared to what we're seeing now. Yeah. So, what's happened in the last year or the last two years, if you were going to put like a percentage on it of,
1: I, so, uh, Hanson Sale, who is our government affairs, governmental affairs director puts out housing data every month. Um, he does year over year data. He does, you know, pretty much a good snapshot of, of our market and, uh, just year over year, uh, February to February, because that's what our numbers are right now. Um, median home price has gone up 25%. Wow. Um, you know, in the last year, so that's, you know, it's, it's appreciation, I guess, you know, 25% appreciation, but I think that's a product of a couple things, the lack of inventory, you know, I mean, it is pushing prices up. Uh, I don't know if I want to go and tell a lot of people that our market appreciated by 25%. I I don't, that's a big number and places that I knew that appreciated like that prior to the, Great recession were places that had enormous bottom drops out of them. Mm. You know, like when the market when the market checked in, you know, oh eight, oh nine. Yeah. The market checked in places that had, you know, like Phoenix and Vegas, where a hundred thousand dollar house was now a two hundred thousand dollar house, and then the market dropped by fifty percent. Uh You know, that wasn't exactly I mean, yes, it was a loss of value for the people who bought at the top, but it was just because of this huge increase in value Mm. in a short amount of time. So when the market checks, you know, Knoxville didn't experience that when we had the recession. Uh, Home prices did not necessarily drop. They kind of flatlined. Mm. But at at that time, Knoxville was a three to five percent appreciation market is that
0: year over year year
1: over year okay. and, and it's always and it's almost always been that okay it's been a very insulated safe market where you know we don't have huge appreciation but in that same vein you don't have huge depreciation
0: yeah it's like it's like taking a conservative approach to investing <laughs>
1: yeah it's like uh, buying treasury bonds yeah you know like it they're not sexy right but they're safe can't that really mess stuff up um when
0: housing prices do or when housing value does go down, I'm thinking of like did you follow the evergrand thing in no, china yeah no. the uh it was a housing company and they had so much of their uh so much of their liability t- was tied up in real estate that a subtle dip in the marketplace happened and they're like something stupid, like a $300 billion company or something like huge, 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 huge company. Right. But because such a, there, there was a small, small drop in what their, uh, what they were borrowing against was valued at. And all of a sudden they were upside down because, because all all of, all of their, uh, all of their collateral was in real estate, which had just been devalued by 5%
1: and really screwed them up. 5% on 300 million is, I'm not a math guy, but it's a, it's a big number. Yeah. And, and
0: I, I really, I mean, it may not have been a $300 billion company, but it was in the, it was, it was more than a, it, it was in the, like, it was in the double, maybe triple digits of billions. <laughs> it's huge.
1: It's insane.
0: Yeah, it is enormous. Um, So then what is, I've just looked at like Nashville over the last 10 years and I've seen, you hear about the tall and skinny thing and how they'll go buy a house, knock it down, put three tall, skinny houses on it. Yep. Uh And that was kind of their approach to developing in densely populated areas, mm-hmm. getting more people in there. Um And it seems like we're a little bit protected from that in Knoxville with, like, the MPC, the Metro Planning Commission, and the H1 overlay, and the historic areas where you can't... Yep. I mean, maybe you can Can you go in and just knock down a house and build <clears throat> three more?
1: Uh... Probably not in the, you know, historic overlay areas, Uh, you know, and they're doing a lot right now to, uh, to kind of rework the codes, you know, Knox planning. MPC is now Knox planning. Oh, okay. Um, And, you know, they're doing a lot to try to protect the areas that need protecting. I mean, I think historic overlays play a really important part in preserving the history of the area, you know, to somebody from... France to come in to Knoxville and be like, wait, you know, this is your historic overlay. The yeah. houses were built in 1920. Yeah. That's history to you. They would
0: think that's hilarious. And
1: they're like, this is practically a new build. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, it's important that they, that they, um, you know, keep historic places historic. But I think that uh, to answer your question, I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't seen this whole knockdown double the, double the lot thing, but in Nashville, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a product of, we still have the ability to go out, not up, mm. um, you know, right now.
0: Yeah. I was in, I was in Powell on a shoot a couple of days ago at a new construction build. Yeah. There are a couple new neighborhoods up there that, I mean, they're just building as fast as they can. Fast as they can. Yeah. Nice yeah. little neighborhoods with sidewalks and, you know, yeah but they but you're not building that you're not building that near the city center. No. You know, they're going north of town right. by, you know,
1: 10 12 miles. I think uh I think you'll see a lot of growth going, you know, if the if the moratorium gets lifted in Loudon County, there's still you know, Farragut has now bled to the Loudon County line. Uh, you know, North Knoxville has now bled up into Powell and mm-hmm. You know, it's just going northward. I think Straw Plains is probably a place that you're going to see. I don't see a lot come up there, but now with like the East Town Mall, Amazon and all that stuff, you know, Straw Plains isn't removed, isn't like far removed anymore.
0: East Knox County is kind of a hidden gem. I agree. You go down Riverside Drive and go through there back at, what's what's that uh, road? Uh, Starts with an A. Uh, I forget what it's called near forks of the river back there but you start like winding through there and it's, it's like, really man, pretty yeah it's like how did we not screw this up yet <laughs> give us time give us time. There's time surely yeah. we
1: can put some breweries down there,
0: <laughs> there a couple couple breweries <laughs> and some tall and skinnies and we'll be in good shape yeah are you seeing um are you seeing people Leaving Nashville in favor of Knoxville? Because I've always thought we would kind of see that as Nashville grew and people that lived there forever started to not recognize it anymore. But I guess they've got Chattanooga as kind of a release valve too. I
1: think, um, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the like investment groups who had invested in Nashville are now almost priced out along with everybody else in Nashville. So Mm -hmm. they've moved to like Chattanooga and I always say, you know, welcome to Knoxville, set your clocks back five years, (laughs) you know? So, like, uh, whatever we're seeing in Nashville about five years from now, we'll start seeing in Knoxville. Yeah. Um, But I think people are, I don't get a ton of people who are moving here from Nashville per se, but I think a lot of people who had looked at Nashville are now considering Knoxville as an option because Mm -hmm. they're just seeing that it's more affordable and- you know, not as crazy. I mean, Nashville, man, I I went there, I took pops there. I told you. Yeah. And, um, you know, on the way out, I, I was in traffic for like two and a half hours to get like to the, to the ramp that took me to took me home. And I was like, I was about ready to lose, lose it. it. Yeah. I mean, I just couldn't deal with that. I mean, it seems like it's, it's like the issue of it growing faster than its infrastructure Mm -hmm.
0: well I think they're they're working on that they got a ton of money a couple years ago trying to build light rail and stuff like that takes takes you out to East Nashville
1: that's a great idea
0: yeah I'm pretty sure when I think it was when Haslam was still in office put through uh, a good amount earmarked a good amount of money uh, for public transportation because they grew so much faster than their infrastructure could but I've got this like uh I've got this uh, idea in my head from where uh, uh, people move from from LA to Austin, right? Yeah. Which I think that's happened a lot yeah. because Austin's kind of the art city, but
1: people are tired of the... Um, People are tired of the California. Well, Google's in Austin now, right? Yeah, there's a ton of stuff there. Big a little company. I don't know if you've heard of it, Google. Yeah,
0: which they actually have a place on uh, on, on Venice Beach. Also, they so they Silicon Valley, Silicon Beach. They moved down to really? Venice Beach. Yeah, <laughs> moved like a thousand or more employees to Venice Beach. Um, and then yeah, Austin got a big big outfit there now. Tesla's in Austin too. I mean, they're every, everybody is. Yeah, but. People who are from Austin and live there uh, for 40 or 50 years, the OGs, Mm -hmm. they don't like it. No. They're sick of it. Yeah. Um, But they love Austin because how could you not? Right. It's a great, great town with all kinds of culture and it's a little blue dot in the middle of a really big red state. So it's just kind of weird and out there, you know. Right. Um, But I have heard of a lot of people that are leaving Austin and going to Nashville because it's it's. To Austin, what Austin was to L.A., which right. was like a kind of a similar city rooted in music, still in the middle of a still in the middle of a state where you have some, you know, where, where you got your personal liberties and all that. And uh, but I wonder, are we going to see any of that bleed off as people start to realize Nashville's sure. too
1: full? You'd think so. I'm sure. That's I my mean, theory, but I don't know if we'll see it or not. I think Knoxville still kind of is storied as this pretty conservative, you know, gun toting uh, you know, pretty, pretty conservative area. And for the most part, you know, the county is, and the city is, you know, a little bit more liberal and, yeah, um, you know, politics aside, I, I I've had a lot of people call me or, you know, be interested in Knoxville based on like gun laws really? and, you know, like people, whatever their ticking point is, it's whatever they hate from where they are. Yeah, you know, and then they're like hyper focused on on that thing, on here. that one thing, yeah. and they're like, "Hold on, wait, you're you're telling me that I can take my gun into Walmart?" And I'm like, "I mean, if you yeah. want to on your hip, sure, <laughs> yeah. you don't even have to throw your shirt over it, you know." Right. Um, but it's so funny what fuels people, yeah. and and that that has been a big driver here. Uh, you mean uh, gun
0: laws in general? Yeah,
1: that's I mean, amazing to me. The the ability to shoot guns, the ability to have guns, yeah. You know, clearly like pandemic mask mandate stuff Mm -hmm. is like huge driver on a lot of people who are moving here. And then that it's what they lead with too. So like, you know, whatever, I'm very Switzerland, right? Yeah. Because I can't necessarily take a hard line on anything. I mean, I could if I wanted to not have friends. Yeah. Um (laughs) but, you know, being a very Switzerland, you know, person, when somebody like leads with that, they're like, Hold on, wait. Hold on. How do you guys how do you feel about masks? You know, and I'm like, uh, what about the weather? You know, have you heard about the fish fishing around here? Well, you the
0: know? KN95s aren't too bad. You yeah. know, you get a good seal.
1: Yeah, I do not get into that. I clearly don't get into that. But a lot of people lead with that. Really? Like that is like a big thing. Are they uh, vetting
0: you when they do that? Or you they, know,
1: I, I truly think that they it's vibe like, checking you. I think they may be like testing me to make sure that I, you know, fit the mold of what I'm supposed to fit or something. But, you know, but uh, you, imme- <gasps> you immediately know who you're dealing with. I'd, I'd rather them ask me that up front as like, be like a closeted, you know, gun toter or something, you know, like at least then when I write my notes on that client, I'm like, you know, yada, yada, yada uh, anti-masker, you know, whatever (laughs) gun toting anti-masker. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Sure. You know, heck I, 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 I'll, I don't care. I don't really care what you believe, you know? Um, so anyway, but yes, I, I do Benny. I, I think, I think we're going to get eventually a lot of bleed over from the Nashville markets back circling back to that question. Um, i i just I just see it to be the, one of the only places you know that that hasn't grown so quickly that you know there's still the ability of people to afford stuff here, but mm. it's slowly getting unaffordable yeah you know i I feel so bad for first time home buyers and people who aren't sitting on a bunch of cash right now I mean you just it's so hard to buy a house if you sure. don't have cash and when speaking of nashville when i was there uh i
0: was i was i flew through nashville to go to montana about a month ago maybe 6 weeks ago and i was walking through the airport and a guy with a guitar case clearly a musician going somewhere for for a thing and i heard him talking to somebody he was like oh yeah and i'm also a licensed real estate agent in, in <laughs> i'm
1: like oh, okay of course you are yeah and then so
0: and then so i'm having lunch at a little restaurant in in the concourse and I hear the bartender behind the bar, yeah, I'm actually a, a realtor too. So you know, on MLS, I got to see you know, four hundred thousand people a year moving to Nashville, you know, and uh, and I'm like, what is going on? Why are these? Why are people dabbling in real estate? Like, it seems like it needs to be a job that you do.
1: I don't know how you can do this job, you know, part time. Really? I mean, it it maybe you can. You know, if you're not looking to like have it be your career. Mm. Well,
0: obviously those guys weren't, they were doing something completely different for work when I saw them. Well, they had to,
1: you know, I mean, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I know a pilot in Nashville who's, who's got his real estate license. He's got his
0: real estate license.
1: There's in Knoxville, in our Knoxville area association realtors car, there are 5,700 realtors. Okay. There are roughly 1200 houses for sale. Are
0: you kidding me? So that's, so that's let that's less than one listing for every four realtors.
1: Right. And so let's just say 50 and, and that has like doubled over the past, like let's, so four, four to five years we've doubled in our realtor population. I mean, at any point, if you're walking through downtown Charleston, you're going to, you're going to either going to, you know, your elbow is going to touch a realtor or you're through going Charleston? to, or did I say Charleston? Yeah. Knoxville. Okay. Um, You know, you, at any point you're going to hit a realtor
0: can't swing a dead cat around here without hitting a realtor.
1: <laughs> which is great. And that is, that is a product of markets being good. You know, everybody comes in and they see there's opportunity, but you know, for somebody like me, who this is like my gig,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you think if you have 3000 people that enter, you know, as competition to you and they all just do one transaction, like, cause that's what most you know most realtors you know they'll do they'll do one to three transactions there's a there's a line where it's kind of the Pareto principle where the top twenty do eighty percent of the business right. Um, you know, there's a line and everything under that may just be zero to one listing or mm. zero to one sale.
0: And that's doing uh, something for a friend or something. Right. Like it's that. like
1: they sell their aunts or whatever. Yeah. And and we were all we were all new agents at one point. We right. were all not productive at one point. I think it's awesome people getting into this craft. Um, But if you think that those 3000 people all just do one deal, that's 3000 deals that's been extracted from people who do this for a living. Right. And that's a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and to combat that now there's just not enough inventory. Right. Um, and, and everyone's got buyers and no one's got listings. Um, I'll, I'll tell you just like a quick, quick hit is like a couple of weeks ago. I listed a house. I had 120 showings on it and I, I opened it up in on Wednesday morning. I closed showings down on Friday afternoon so and it showed
0: 120 times.
1: 120 times, and there were 34 offers on it. It's
0: so stupid.
1: So there's 33 people who, 33 agents and 33 buyers who wasted their time to go and look at it mm-hmm. to think that they had a chance. Yeah. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty normal now. Really? Especially, I mean, depending on the price point, but everything you show up at a house now that just came on the market, and there are. Ten to twenty cars outside. People just lined up waiting to get in. Yeah,
0: I've been in that situation before, um, and I always feel like that—that that means something. Like maybe, maybe that looks like a really sweet deal. You know, right. if too many people are looking at it is. But so if I'm if, if there's thirty four people that put offers in on that house, mm-hmm. and one person is the one who who gets the deal done. I mean, how? What do they do to set themselves apart? Is it money only? Is it only money? No. No. There's I mean, it more can than, be. There's more than that. There's more than just money when it comes to making an offer on a house?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, that to some people it's money. You know, I mean, if it uh, to to a seller looking to maximize the their profit, that's mm-hmm. money. But there could be, to a seller, there could be something like they're trying to buy a house and they need 60 days rent-free in their house in order to buy something. Mm. So that's, you know, they're called terms. So, uh, you know, terms can be something different. The type of financing is played into it, whether or not it's an FHA or a VA or a cash or whether it's conventional financing. So those are all elements of an offer that you need to have cleaned up. For one, uh, the ability, and I wouldn't do this. I, I hate the idea to do it to my clients, but, you know, for that one that had 34 offers on it, you know, they waive the appraisal and waive the inspection. Right.
0: Yeah. The, the, the people who got the, who got, whose
1: offer was accepted. And it was a, it wasn't as, it was a lesser price than other Mm -hmm. ones, but,
0: but it was a safer deal. It was a safer
1: deal. It was a safer deal for the seller. Right. And they're the ones who make the call and you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's our job to explain all of the different scenarios, (laughs) you know, like, uh, not having a home inspection is a huge risk Uh, for a buyer for a buyer yeah not for a seller a seller it's great love it Um, unless that you've like not disclosed something that comes back and bites you but I like to believe that people are good in general Um, but you know to waive a home inspection you're taking a big risk you know but in order to win you may have to do that
0: that's what's crazy is that this new climate is making people take very desperate and some might even say reckless measures in order to get what they want or get what they need
1: because they, they need a place to live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're out in the pop-up, the the pop-up tent. Yeah. If they're not in a house and the only way, the only way that, you know, you can really compete is by doing something, you know, wild. I mean, I was having lunch with this lender uh, I guess it was last week, week before last. And she had in her contract, somebody had written that they would give an eight day, seven night vacation. This was like in the contract, so it was like two hundred fifty thousand, whatever, four hundred thousand dollar house. I'm um, doing this loan, yada yada yada. And then like in the stipulations it said that this the buyer was gonna pay for the seller an eight day, seven night vacation completely um, you know, free on this website uh, and the seller or the buyer would give that to him and they'd give him a thousand dollars of Bitcoin. <laughs> that was like in the special stipulation. That was like in the stipulations of this contract. And the lender was like, how the hell, what, how do I get that through underwriting? Yeah, You know, like what do I do with this? And I, I, I follow this hilarious, um, it's called the broke agent, but it's a hilarious, <laughs> uh, a meme page. It, yeah. It's yeah. it pretty much is like a Instagram guy yeah. that's like gotten famous from making fun of our lives as realtors yeah. and somebody had put in, um, like tacos, like tacos for life or yeah. something. Yeah. And I even said, I've, I've said, you know, I'm going to put that into a contract and it's going to be the one that, that like gets it to fail. Cause they weren't taco people, you yeah. know, so, and my Bodie, my son, but he was like, yeah, dad, you got to ask them what they want. Cause they could want hamburgers, they, you know? Yeah. And I was like, thank you, son. The wisdom, the wisdom of, of a nine-year-old. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Well, dude, you have this uh this pedigree uh of of doing what you do. It's kind of a family business, right? Yeah. I mean, you came from it, right?
1: You grew up around it. It's called predestination, yeah. I think is what they call it. Um yeah. Uh my my grandparents did it. Uh my grandfather had one of the first brokerages in town. In Knoxville. A, in Knoxville. So your family's
0: been around here for a minute.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh Powers Realty is what it was called, and that was probably in the 50s and 60s. I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, 57 maybe. And it was know. a real estate brokerage? It was a real estate brokerage back when there was like 12 realtors in town. Right. And then uh, my grandma, my grandfather passed away. My grandmother ran it. She talked my dad into coming uh, to, to, to help her at Powers Realty. And then they shut it down. My dad was at like Century 21 and Volunteer Realty and uh, a bunch of different places. And then in 1987, he bought the Remax and has like you know, he's, he's, he's kind of like the goat. I mean, you know, he, he's done all sorts of stuff. So when you say he bought the Remax, what does that mean? It's a franchise. So he moved the Remax
0: franchise here. Right. And then that means that you have a bunch of realtors under the Remax. That's correct. Yeah. So you,
1: you work, you work under the franchise and Mm -hmm. with that you get up, you know, technology and, Training and all sorts of stuff. The back end
0: stuff, the billing, all stuff. the all the all the infrastructure that helps the business run. Right. So your dad brought the franchise to Knoxville yep. and started
1: to hire realtors to work with him? Yep. And uh, that was in eighty seven and I joined him in two thousand seven, I believe.
0: Did your dad sponsor any baseball teams at Farragut as all, kids?
1: All all of them. Really? Up on the hill? Yeah. Absolutely. Did we
0: play baseball together as kids Probably. up there?
1: Did you? Were you on one of the Remax teams?
0: Uh, no, I was. I was on. Uh, I was on the Jeffrey Photo Lab. The Jeffrey
1: team. Photo Lab. Yeah. Brian. Brian Jeffrey. Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. Did you play with Brian? No, I didn't. I think he was a little older than me. Yeah. Um. Yes, my dad had like sponsoring baseball teams, Little League, there. Sandy K. Yeah, I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of people still have like they'll like send me a picture of like their old Remax jersey. You yeah, know?
0: it's all coming uh, back to me. Yeah. Now. yeah, Jeffrey's
1: photo lab. There was tons There was <laughs> affordable
0: a- <laughs> dentures was one of them. <laughs>
1: Don't put me on the affordable denture team, whatever you do. They yeah. were
0: good, man. They were gas. Jeffrey's gassed. photo, that was, was,
1: uh, that was the athletics, right? Were you the A's?
0: Well, this was when there was like a half travel team, half rec team. Yeah. So
1: that would have been... Knoxville Stars?
0: Right. Something like that. So like we would we would play a league. We, we would play against all the teams in the league, but we would also travel and do tournaments on the weekend. Yeah. So it was probably a little bit after you were gone.
1: Yeah. So you were a stud.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Don't, don't, won, don't short sell yourself here. I was 12, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, look at you now.
0: Yeah. I got cut <laughs> from my, so- from my high school baseball team as a sophomore. Look at me now. <laughs> thanks a lot, coach. Yeah. Thanks coach. <clears throat> Maybe hang out with all the losers playing lacrosse, man. <laughs> all most, the... most fun I ever had. <laughs>
1: and uh ultimate Frisbee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah some ultimate. So, um,
0: so your dad's got the, the Remax thing. And he's got, and this is in the nineties, right?
1: Yep. At yeah. that time. So Late eighties, yeah. early nineties. Yeah.
0: But your mom was in the game too, right?
1: She was, she was actually the, uh, I always, some, somebody, I think I was in kindergarten or something like that. And somebody had asked me, you know, what do your parents do? And I was like, well, my mom works really hard. Cause my mom was, she's a, she's a mind mule, man. She, she I, I remember that she would leave on like Thanksgiving like we would be like sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner and she'd be like, I will be right back. I have to go show a house or oh like Christmas or something. So I was like, I'm never going to do that. I never want to be like her. Right. Like I love her. She's she, the hardest working lady ever, yeah. but I never want to like leave on Christmas to go show a house. Right. So anyway, she worked all the time. So when I was getting interviewed for Tate's, um, in to kindergarten go, to go to school, they interview the student. Oh yeah. The principal, Miss Tate interviews you. And uh, she was like, so what is your mom and what do your mom and dad do? And I was like, well, my mom works really hard and my dad just uh, sits with his feet up on his desk all day. And like (laughs) from that point on, my dad was like, damn it, (laughs) you know, busted to me, it was true. Like he came in and he was always politicking and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, what he did, but that's what he's incredible at you know and that's making part of the sure, job
0: making sure everybody else is doing their job at peak performance yeah and yeah. making
1: sure everybody's happy and making sure everybody's you know uh, he's a cheerleader he's like the best cheerleader ever and my mom is just a hard working lady who you know slung real estate and she's she's uh she's just a hard working hard working thing but so anyway I swore that I wasn't going to do it yeah and I studied to, to get into what I thought I wanted to do which was import import export type stuff like international business type stuff yeah logistics international business you know just i i i was kind of aimed in the direction of working with a multinational corporation some something that like afforded me the ability to you know be in the corporate world is that here ut i was at college of charleston college of knowledge the Uh, college of knowledge thank god i got in when i did because now it's like a nationally accredited college and you got to have like a 4.2 to get in. And I was like, whew, thank God it was a, it
0: was accredited when you were there though. Yeah, right? it, it,
1: it, it, it was accredited. <laughs> it, it's a nationally recognized, they're not trying to be like Princeton, but they're trying oh, to yeah. like,
0: they're like Ivy league junior.
1: Yeah. They're trying to break out of the mold of like, when you say, Oh, I go to Charleston. They're like, Oh man. So where'd you graduate from? <laughs> did you make it? Where the, did you make it all four years there? That's normally the question that follows when I say that Why? I went to CFC. Is it hard? No, you just can't make your. It's in downtown Charleston. It's on the beach. It's like yeah. College How do you of Charleston, make it to class? College of Charleston is like sponsored by like Smirnoff vodka. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just a hard place to go to college because of the distraction.
0: I always heard that the that it was uh, disproportionately female too. That there were like two to, two to one females to males. At co-
1: Six to one. Six to one. When I when I went. It was a six to one girl to guy ratio. And I remember going down there for the, for like the, the, you know, visit the college visit. Yeah. And I don't even remember seeing guys. Really? Like it was just all girls. And I, I I was going to go play baseball at South Carolina. Um, and, uh, anyway, long story short, I pretty much was like (laughs) baseball. Never heard of it. (laughs) I'm going to college at Charleston. And, uh, I mean, and they're, it's, it's wild. I don't know if it's quite there anymore. Not to say that that really was a big driver and where I chose to go or to school. Or is it a good
0: reason to choose where to go it's to school? It's a great, school, it,
1: they, they kind of were like cue the, cue the girls. Yeah, exactly. Know? Just send them all out. Send them all out, please. Um, but it was wild and it was, a, it was a really cool place to go to school. And then it, I met my lovely wife there. So yeah, I, I was going to say you guys met there, right? We met there and then she decided to like be really smart and go to Georgia tech and um, ramblin' Wreck, baby. She is the Ramblin' Wreck. Yeah. Hell of an engineer.
0: Yeah. Um, she's uh, She does, like, interior design, right?
1: Or Yeah, you need to get her on this. I've asked her before, and we just couldn't make it happen. She's pretty, she freezes up you know she can do it I know she's super smart yeah she can she can do it as long as there's no video and it's not live I think you and Sam's not sitting there behind her yeah and Sam's not sitting back there making her nervous yeah um yeah she does interior design she's got her own firm um does incredible work she tries to you know keep it in her lane which is historic renovation um gotcha but she'll do everything what's historic renovation like making it look like it's always looked yeah timeless Mm. um you know, still making things nice, but like not making it to not, she's not a big trendy person. Yeah. You know, you won't see her do like shiplap. That's exactly, you know, yeah, I was going to say she, she's not the the devil in shiplap. She won't do, she won't do a bunch of shiplap, but I mean, if you wanted to, she probably would. Sure. Um, not going to recommend it. She's, she's just not going to be the one just because that's a trend. Right. Um, you know but but she does great and you know it kind of spawned out of we've we've always been in we had a little construction company and we've always been fr- from the time that she moved here um you know 15 years ago we bought our first house which was kind of a flip house and like she always loved working on it and she always loved you know picking out the tile and doing all that stuff so i mean in our past we've done a bunch of flips and renos and stuff like mm. that and, uh, people would always come to her and re- would be like, you know, your stuff is really cool. You know, it's really impressive. Would you do it for me? And she's like, no, I, you know, I just want to do it, you know, for myself. And, and there wasn't the pressure of like having to appease anyone but herself. And, uh, I think she did one, this was probably five year five, six years ago, somebody had asked and was like, will you, you know, do a project for me? and it turned out great. She loved it. And for me, I was like, thank God we're not funding it, you Mm. know, like having to borrow the money and buy the house and do all that stuff. I'd much rather you be happy on somebody else's dime, Yeah, you know, spend somebody else's money. Um, but she's really, really good and super creative. And I think she should be sitting here instead of me with the greatness that you have on this podcast, but I'm, I'm flattered, Benny (laughs) flattered.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad that you, that you've, uh, I'm glad that you're willing to do it because uh there there's just a couple of things like you know this mostly you know focus on arts and entertainment and all that but there are things that pop up that become like these groundswell issues that people want to know about and to talk to somebody who's been around it forever like you have is it, it's it's a, an amazing amount of knowledge I always love being around you and talking to you because I can just like just shut up and listen and learn so
1: much. It's, am- it's amazing. <clears throat> well, it's a, uh, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank I'll, you for I'll, having I me. I want to
0: see how you, you real quick, how you, uh, what happened from, uh, from getting to Charleston, from Charleston to here, like how did that, how did that whole situation work out with the
1: international business? I want to tie that up. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, uh, from, from Charleston, um, you know, I swore that I wasn't going to do this. So I interviewed some places in Charleston, but actually I told, I told my dad when I had graduated college, I said, listen, I'm going to go ski for two years period. Like I'm moving out West. I'm going to ski. And he goes, no, you're not, you know, you don't have any money. And I was like, (laughs) oh, you know, and I'd bought a house in college. In Charleston, in Charleston, in nice. James Island.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: well, my parents are in real estate, so like they were like, "You're not paying somebody else's mortgage," so yeah, they that's... co-signed on a house for me. Oh, and, Nice. Um, had a house in James Island, and uh, anyway, sold it and I made like twenty grand.
0: Yeah. There you and, go. Uh, ski
1: on that. Oh, dude, I bled twenty grand. That lasted me. It lasted me about a year and a half. No way. And good with, for you. With ski tickets and rent and everything like that. I mean, we. I made it work and. So the first seat, like I just I graduated in December. I moved out there like January. Where'd you go? Steamboat. Oh, nice. Um, I was heading out to California and uh, stopped in Steamboat and saw a friend, and then never left. Isn't don't
0: uh, you? I mean, like we got kids, we got houses, we got school. Like those are the days take advantage of them totally if you're 22 years old and, you, and you can see please
1: please, please do stop yourself in a steamboat. huge favor and stop and steamboat on your way to your corporate job and you'll never leave exactly you know? i'm uh my friends who went straight out of college to a job are no further than i am in my opinion exactly you know? and, and i had it was like the it was like the peak of my bell curve college was fun but like two years skiing yeah. When you awesome. don't have kids, when you don't have a, a significant other, know yeah.
0: it doesn't take anything. You need you need to stay dry yeah. and
1: warm. Maslow's hierarchy of need. It, like. The hierarchy of needs:
0: <laughs> safety, shelter. You know, yeah, that's yeah. all.
1: That's all I was focused on at yeah. that time. Um, so anyway, I skied for a couple of years, lived in Oregon and Colorado, and then uh, I guess 2007. Uh, my dad was getting; he had gotten sick. Um he had this like a GI issue and like he was having trouble managing the company and yada 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 and he called me and said, Just come, you know, real estate's awesome. This was before like before the the Great Recession. He's like, Real estate's awesome, it's probably like it is right now. You were making all this money. And I'm I finally moved here and like the the month later. Yeah the Great Recession started.
0: Your dad's like, come here, man. They're, these subprime mortgages, that's man. so good. <laughs> you,
1: get, <laughs> you just have to state your income. Yeah. And that's all you have to do. Yeah. You don't have to prove. You don't need any pay stubs. You just say, I make 500000 and they'll give you a loan. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: and so you get here and two weeks later, the bottom economy crashes.
1: Off. Bottom drops out. And I, I think my first year in real estate, I made <clears throat> uh, I made like $968 or wow. something like that. Wow. Um, So anyway, um, natural progression was that, you know, I came into my parents' company with a background of knowing, you know, with a business background. So like, and at that point, you know, the company was struggling a little bit and we had to make hard decisions. Remax in general? Remax and everybody. I mean, everybody's income was struggling. And we kind of had to make, like, an executive decision of what to do with the firm, and that was, unfortunately, having to get rid of agents because they weren't paying. Yeah. Um, so we kind of just had to make a hard cut, and uh, he asked me for my help and then didn't like what I had to say. Mm-hmm. But he did it anyway, and, like, you know, we made it through the recession, which was, as a real estate company, that was a really hard time. I'm sure, Um, you know, we were paying out of our pocket to keep our employees paid and that kind of stuff. And it just ate our lunch. Sure. Um, so that led to one thing and led to another. And now this is my like 15th year in the business. And, uh, you know, I constantly think about other things to do. And then I'm like, wait, this is like, I'm good at it. You know, most of the time been doing it forever, been doing it, not, don't know if I'm really qualified to do much else, (laughs) you know, but um,
0: what, what are the things that you think like the personality traits or, because I've, i thought about it. Of course, everybody thinks about doing real estate at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the, what are the things that you didn't know ab- about the personality traits you needed to have or, uh, or whatever, what makes a good, a good real estate agent as far as a type of person?
1: Um, you know, you extroversion is one that you kind of have to be okay asking people for business getting out there uh you need to be pretty patient um you know have patience for people uh have patience for the situation you know you kind of have to have the ability you know they always say like oh you know going to real estate you know you work for yourself and yada 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 and uh That is not the case. I mean, yes, you can say no to somebody who wants to go and like look on Saturday mornings or, you know, whenever your Mm -hmm. family time is, but you're also eating what you kill. So like you work, I always say that I work on everyone else's watch, Mm -hmm. like everybody else controls my schedule. Granted, if I want to take a Wednesday off, I don't have anybody to ask, you know, I can go do it. Best part and the worst part about it, right? It really is. Um, You know, but, but personality traits, I think is, you know. Being able to get out and talk to people, Um, being able to be flexible in situations, Um, you know, having the hunger to constantly learn because I've never had two days that are the same. And like I'm a principal broker, which means that in the hierarchy of real estate, I'm the one in charge of the agents underneath me. Mm. Right. So there's an affiliate broker, which is most realtors, and then the principal broker that is kind of the boss. Mm. There there isn't a, a chain of command really, but I'm in charge of what all they do. Mm. And I've never I mean every day I get something new. Every a question
0: single day. from an affiliate or Yeah.
1: I mean like and it and it can range from something so trivial, menial, you know, that you're just like, really, why do you just use your brain and think mm-hmm. to something like, you know, just a couple of days ago, I had one where a lady called and this guy didn't want to buy, uh, or was, was hesitant to buy a piece of property because he had heard from the neighbor that there were a bunch of slave graves in the top left-hand corner of this what? of this thing. And she was like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, uh, don't call an
0: (laughs) (laughs) archaeologist.
1: Don't build a house there. I mean, like, you know, but, uh, no two days are the same. So, I mean, like you, if you're somebody who craves structure and you, uh, crave a constant income, it is not the business for you. Right. Um, you know, you can structure your days as best as you can, you know, but you're going to have to you have to understand that that structure has to be a loose structure. It's taken me from a schedule person to a list person mm. because I really do I, it flusters me when i have a plan for my day and somebody breaks up that yeah, I like get flustered. Me, me
0: too. I'm the same way,
1: you know. And I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I kind of have to like readjust.
0: Yeah, it's um, like, oh man, I, I already had this figured out. Right? Now, now it's not going to work.
1: <laughs> I had my route planned for the day, exactly. and now you're screwing it all up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know that that you you have to be a self starter. Lazy yeah. people don't do, and I don't mean that in a bad way, no, but no. you have to know. That if I don't go and do this stuff, whatever it is, whether it's your list or your calls or whatever, then you may, you know, it's going to end up that you aren't going to make succeed, money. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and you got to be okay with the fluctuations of income. Uh, you got to be okay with the fluctuations of time. Um, you know, it, it's a very fluid business. It is not for people who need, who who craves structure in their life because, I mean, I pretty much put it in my Google calendar and, you know, Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of faith there that it's just going to work out. <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah. Exactly. You know, lots riding on it. All right. But, I got one more question for you. Is this the one where you stump me? Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who you been talking to? Uh,
0: oh, it, I'm sure that you've had some just crazy- Crazy situation happened at some point. One of my buddies owns Quality Machine and Welding, the the steel erection yeah. company. Yeah, he's got a crazy story every week of somebody blowing themselves up or a building falling down or something like that. You, you have any real crazy ones?
1: Oh man, I can tell you of. uh I can I I don't want to breach like uh, client confidentiality. Sure. I'll tell you I'll tell you a really good uh house flip story okay. for you. Okay. Um I was in a uh one of my dad's buddies had called me and he said, you know, we want you to buy this house to flip. And we we're like, okay, you know, we're we have the bandwidth to do that right now. So we're out looking around and uh I meet the guy, super nice guy. And I'm meeting the guy and uh he's like Yeah and we, we go upstairs and I don't know anything about the house really. So we go upstairs and it just reeks of cat pee. And mm. and this other smell that I couldn't pinpoint. Oof. So we're walking around and like the cat pee is literally stings the nostrils. Right. So <laughs> quite you're like pungent. Quite, <laughs> it's pure gasoline. <laughs> um so you're walking around and, and like I'm, you know, just smelling and I'm like, Oof. God, you know, and we're upstairs for thirty minutes as he's like, Oh, these are the stairs. They go up and they go down, and this is the toilet. And yeah. I'm like, Thanks, bro, I I understand a house, you yeah. know. So uh, we're upstairs for 30 minutes and there's cat pee and this smell X that like just can't figure out. Like it's, it's a strong smell, but I can't figure it out. So uh, we go downstairs and there's this like, it's on slab. So there's a big slab down there and there's this like perfectly, there's like a perfect square. And then there's like this like grease explosion. It looked like somebody had like fried a turkey in the middle of their, of their dining, of their living room downstairs. And I'm like oh okay so what? what is that and he goes oh I didn't tell you my brother died in this house and he wasn't found until like a week or two later and he exploded right there that that square is where his chair was and his body popped and there was like a grease circle that like pretty much made up the entire slab you're looking at me are you gonna throw up right now maybe <laughs> So he goes, I didn't tell you. Oh, I'm really sorry. That's where my brother died. And at that point, like hazmat or whatever had been there, the coroner had been there and taken him off. But literally, surf bro. <laughs> surf, yeah, like, but literally it was like a square and like, it was still, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was smell X. Smell X was old boy that, I mean, it, it was like a morgue. Like it was the worst it was the worst smell that you could ever imagine. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like raccoon on the side of the road smell. Right. It was yeah. this other smell that two I'm week old person never smelled. What was in my the life.
0: grease spot? Was that the cleanup that was, materials? That, no,
1: that was where his like. How did he explode? His, the gases in your body. Oh, oh, like, oh, make you pop, and it was like August, you know. So like he sat in a in, in a in a house in the middle of summer, and like literally had popped in there we bought the house no you didn't such a screaming deal you know (laughs) we ended up buying the house
0: you did not
1: so uh you know i'm walking through i'm walking through the house and you know whatever 30 minutes later i go back to the office and at the time this girl sarah used to work for me or with me and sarah was like i sat down and i was wearing one of those like mountain hardware like monkey man oh yeah you you can like walk by burger king and then smell like burger king for the rest of the day yes and I like walk in and she's like, "What, what, what is that? What is that smell? I just, I just can't. And I like giggled and I was like, do you really want to know? It's person. I was like, that's dead person. And she was like, oh, uh, 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 you know, starts dry heaving. But no, no joke. That entire renovation. Uh, if I went to check on it, I had a jar of Vicks vapor rub and i would literally pack my nostrils with vicks vapor rub and it the the smell was so strong that you could still smell it by breathing through your mouth and that has been i've told that story a few times but that has been the wildest i mean wild stuff happens all the time in our business yeah that was the weirdest one and the fact that this guy who is the nicest guy ever let me be in that house for 30 minutes. And he was like, oh, by the way, that's Bill. <laughs> well, was Bill, you know, like how, what, I hate you. We could have, we could have stood outside, you know, yeah. and I just smelled it. And it, like, if I smell anything like it, I go back to that, like dark spot. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a core memory.
0: Did you, did you, uh, did, did you have the wherewithal to uh, offer him condolences for his brother while you were standing <laughs> yeah, there? Were you so mad about it? Of him? course.
1: No, I was, uh, uh, there's some honesty amongst thieves here, yeah. you know. I was like, sorry about your brother, but we're going to have to p- power wash him out the back door, please, you know. But it was just like, of I mean. Of
0: course we bought it. It was a screaming
1: sc- deal. A screaming deal. Been
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, crazy not to.
1: Seriously. I mean, what, else, what other incredible opportunity <laughs> do you have than buying a house that a dead guy was in? <sighs> but then, of course, you know, like the neighbors all told the girl that like bought it, you know, and like the bill exploded down there. Yeah, but I mean like, you know, there's not a we we disclosed it, you know. I yeah. think it's something that you need to know, but I mean it took us months to, you know, get get that defumigated. It was awful. I mean, we probably we probably had 40 gallons of kills what's, in that house. What's that kills? Yeah, the stuff that you like put on the wall and any place that like has smell issues. Ah, okay. Um you can paint this like it's kind of like a uh, neutralizing Gotcha uh, paint. Yeah. Um, Probably some lime in there. Uh muriatic acid. Murat, so there okay. was a power washer, muriatic acid, and uh, a whole lot of kills. Mm. And like we took the back doors off and like Pat tried to power wash them and yeah. this lady who works with me Kim, her son was tasked with doing that and apparently like for 2 days was power washing and dry heaving like you know, back it builds character. It does. Well, what had happened was he had skipped class and his mom kim was like you're going over and power washing this for ryan Mm -hmm. so it was like uh it was punishment it was punishment you know smash
0: cut he was the valedictorian (laughs) of his class after that yeah after that
1: experience turns out he's a really good kid now so (laughs) i'd (laughs) like to think that we helped build his character you know he did um but that's that I, i could go on and on but that that's probably the that's probably the wildest that's probably the wildest personal story that i can tell without with 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 keeping without changing the names to, <laughs> yeah. to changing the names to protect the innocent yeah. um but cool. yeah man
0: dude thanks for uh thanks for coming over and doing this i'm really excited
1: we get all the metrics that you want i don't know I mean,
0: what else i mean what else i don't know we got off on a tangent didn't yeah
1: we, we did but i mean that's awesome uh
0: what's going crazy What's what? What are some other things that we didn't really... talked deeply. about? The
1: median home price um, went up twenty five percent. Here is a good one. That okay, fifty percent. So half of the houses sold this year in our market, which is a which is a which is mini countings. Thirteen county MLS, twelve thirteen county MLS. Fifty um, percent sold in less than six days. <laughs> so That's stuff nuts. is stuff is sitting on the market in no time. Um. Wait, so that means
0: an offer was accepted in less than six days. Yes. That went that, went, that went pending.
1: That's not closed. So generally, yeah, yeah. Closing it takes, takes a month takes, to close. Yeah, whatever. fifteen to thirty days. Yeah. Um, so
0: fifty percent of the fifty percent of the houses that went on the market sold in less than six days. Yeah,
1: fifty percent. Um, and I'll will say another little plug as people you had asked me about you know costs going up and stuff. Interest rates are going up. Mm. Um. So they expect interest rates, you know, it's trying to combat inflation and all this yeah. stuff. They raise,
0: the Fed sets it, right? And it goes it's, up quarterly? It, it's
1: tied it? to the 10-year treasury. Okay. Um, more closely than the Fed raising rates. But yes, the, you know, wholly speaking, yes, the Fed can raise rates. Um, but, you know, it's always the past couple of years, it's hovered around three, three and a quarter. I think it just raised to about 3.8. And they expect another increase to be coming by the end of the year mm. so you know it, that's not a big deal four percent money is still super cheap
0: yeah money. i mean when our parents were buying or building a house and not in the 90s they're paying credit card interest rates on 16%. Like 16 percent, 16 18 18
1: percent. you know so
0: on a which is i mean makes me feel so grateful now at that, least it's not that
1: that's significant
0: it's huge um, i mean we took a point off our interest rate by refinancing mm-hmm. and took five years off of our loan keeping the same payment, you know? Right. It's like, which turns out to be a ton of money yeah. over, you know, the life of the life
1: of a loan. to yeah. think that if you raised, raised it by 12 points, to, it, it is know? a lot of money. And I mean, you know, so, so interest rates going up, what that really does is it takes, um, now clearly it can increase your payment if you're staying in the same price point, but what it does is it takes, inventory that may you know you may be a $800,000 buyer Mm -hmm. and it makes it less affordable so you can afford a lesser purchase price when interest rates go up yeah
0: so yeah higher interest the higher interest rates go up the the less expensive house you can afford less
1: purchasing power power is is generally what happens so the you know one tier buyer goes you know click goes to a click less yeah um but other than that man I I you know, people kind of ask us all the time, what do we see the market doing? And, you know, depending on this, what Russia, you know, the, the Russia yeah. situation does, um, I, I just don't see it slowing down that much over the, there's just so much demand here. Um, there's so little inventory. There's, you know, REITs, which is real estate investment trusts and big, big investors coming in and buying, you know, houses for rental now. There's just a lot of demand for this area, and until that chills out, I don't really see that our market's gonna chill out i mean i i hope it I hope it levels out a little bit, and inventory you know uh pretty much demand and supply equal out a little bit but um you know as a whole i I feel like we got another couple of years of good at least still not a bad
0: time to buy though right
1: i no. mean even
0: though it is. More expensive now than it was a year, two years, three years ago. Um, it,
1: like we said earlier, like it's just not a bad investment. It's <laughs> just not a bad investment, and yeah. it's uh, you know, I mean, it's it's just it's just more challenging to buy. You gotta, you know, you gotta have your financing in order. You gotta have some cash on hand. You gotta be willing to take a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit with the home inspection and stuff yeah. like that. Um, you know, so it's just challenging. I mean, my heart goes out to people who aren't sitting on, you know. Forty, fifty thousand dollars in cash because your competition is. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's who's being hurt the most are the yeah. are the lower end buyers.
0: I remember when, you know, the marketplace that we bought this that we well, that we sold our house, our last house in, it was like we it was it was a good market and we and we had multiple offers that came in, but like we had to choose one of the people and they the price they all, you know, they all kind of came up to the same offer price right but then we had to make a choice and there was one of our uh the person who wrote us a personal letter about who they were talked about them and were total suckers you chose too. that one yeah
1: because you can't do that anymore you can't no it's a uh, fair housing violation now really yeah because you would you would be choosing somebody on the basis of class race color familial status when did so, that now? become a thing a few years ago I just, did we break I... the law am i yeah, we're going to have criminal. to turn you in <laughs> citizens arrest. But we had um, to cho-
0: we had to choose based on something. We didn't know uh, they were all three faceless as far yeah. as we were concerned. Yeah. And the person who wrote us the reason that they wanted to move into the neighborhood, the reason they wanted to be there.
1: That was- is the that is the uh, I mean, I can totally see how people could choose that basis you I, know, when I they had
0: nothing po- else to, you know. Yeah,
1: the, I, result, the money was the same. <laughs> everything else the same. You just choose, you know, you 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 choose whichever one has the best term. If the all the money is the same, but if they're all equal, sure, like the love letter works, but you can't do you that. Can't. Like people will write love letters with offers now, mm-hmm. and I I you can't do them. Just you know, it's such a slippery slope. Yes, I'm supposed to submit all offers and everything with them if it happens to slide in great but like I encourage people to not do that because I don't want to be pegged with oh well you didn't choose so and so because it said you know that they had three kids and then I know that the neighbor doesn't like kids Ah, you know or like whatever it is it's just a slippery slope or they put a picture and they don't you know they look different than Everyone else in the neighborhood, right? Um, It
0: makes sense
1: why 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 it should not be allowed. Unfortunately, it does. You know, and unfortunately, a lot of people will make that decision.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what your boy did when he made an (laughs) offer on the next house.
1: You wrote a love letter. Of course, I did.
0: You kidding me? I just dude, look Jack.
1: forward to me and my dog and my daughter <laughs> Gro- growing my Grow- family in this house. <laughs> up. I see a I see a planting bed in the backyard. You know, you're not far off, man. I know. I've I've read them all, buddy. There's you not have? there's not one that you're gonna blow my mind on. <laughs> you know, I think you just get funny. You know, if you're gonna do something, just make it. Just know. do
0: like the the hoax or, or the uh, the funny Craigslist ad. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like Do a, like a haiku or something, yeah. you know? Like, like make it stand out. <laughs> yeah. That 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 may I I would present if somebody brought us a haiku on why you like the house. you that...
0: remember when I sold my boat, my, my John <laughs> boat? Do you remember that?
1: I don't remember. Do you remember the boat I had? I remember the the uh, the metal boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Apparently, I priced it too low on the Facebook market. I remember that because you had like a feeding frenzy on it. Yeah, I did. Guess which one I chose. The, the The, dude who wrote the haiku the dude who
0: wrote the haiku man it was hilarious and he came over here we had a great time when he bought the boat from me
1: i was like who do i really want to deal with here yeah i don't think you're violating anything uh uh, selling stuff on craigslist with with love letters but as far as houses you may not supposed to do it don't yeah did we get all our metrics in that i asked about yeah man um you know i think it's still a good time to buy it's a great time to sell yeah um you know if you're a realtor, you you may not eat this year, but yeah, you'll be all right. Uh, what if, about the rental market? Uh, rental market is experiencing very similar um, stuff as the sales market. It, ha- it has to be so tied together. It is. Um, rents have gone up drastically, um, back to demand. Mm. Um, when you have people moving here, you got to thank all these buyers who don't have a place to go or renting something. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot of high prices in short-term rental um Mm. airbnb month to month fully furnished stuff yeah um you know there there are some crazy rates out there i think
0: i bet you've got buyers and sellers moving into those totally well
1: and and that's the play is they have to yeah um so rental rates are high uh rental rates in on cabin stuff like up in gatlinburg Mm -hmm. pigeon forge area i mean through the you roof because wanna... people are living in them <clears throat> oh and and people are renting them you know when when the pandemic hit and people realized that they could work from you know Gallenberg, yeah. you know from a pretty view in a hot tub yeah. uh, those rates I mean you you want to talk about a market that's doubled I mean you know vacation rentals oh my god cabins now to get a three bedroom cabin is roughly a million dollars for a three bedroom four bedroom one two to one five You know, and people are just buying these sight unseen based on cash flow. Um, You know, so that that's a real, that's another market that's just blowing and going. So it's all crazy. It's it's what you're telling me. It's all crazy. Rental sales, um, you know, new construction. I mean, it's all just out of control.
0: But it's probably this will be the new watermark, right? Or the new, or the new standard probably,
1: you know, it's bound to check. I think anyone is, I I think we'd all be foolish to think that you can keep appreciating at 25%. Right. It's just, it's not feasible. Um, so there's a correction looming that's probably (laughs) imminent, but I mean, what does that mean? You know, does that just mean that prices come down and stuff becomes more affordable? That's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, of course we all want appreciation. We all want our houses to be worth more than they were when we bought it. Um, but I just don't, I, I, I just have to believe that you can't keep going like this forever. Yeah. You know, but I've said that and you have a place like Nashville or a place like Knoxville that we've just like, keep, keep nosing up. But I feel like we were suppressed or, or, you know, held down a little bit for the years up to now, Hmm. you know, a three to 5% appreciation market is not something that's just like worthy of bragging about. Um, so, you know, there's, there's tons of demand here. It's a beautiful place to live, pretty awesome place to raise kids. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot that sells this place. I I really think that we're, we're probably good for at least a little while. (laughs) we
0: got springtime coming up so
1: spring market baby let's enjoy it let's go uh let's go fishing yeah float the french broad float the french broad (laughs) with a motor this time and we're paddling
0: (laughs) dude thanks again for coming i appreciate it a lot this has been super fun thank you benny tell caroline it's painless too (laughs) i will (laughs) see you man (laughs) all right okay Thank you guys for being here. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you're listening right now. If that's Spotify, if that's Stitcher, if that's Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button and uh, you'll get a little update anytime we have a new one come out. Follow us on Instagram and go to the Patreon page if you want to contribute. We appreciate all that so much. There's a bunch of different levels you can contribute on on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash We appreciate those people so much. Go be one of them. Get out there. Be somebody. Thank you all. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you real soon, all right? Pitch wire. Play a man out.